0: First, oh no, we're not catching up today. It's a self-care episode. So before we begin, just a quick favor to ask. Since you like this podcast, please write us a review. Reviews on iTunes are everything to us, and they really help us reach more people. So of course, we'd appreciate it. So today's show is an episode in our self-care series. Once a month, we focus on a new area of self care. Life gets overwhelming for all of us, uh, as we were just talking about before jumping on. <laughs> and the sense of getting lost in a sea of to dos, worry, and anxiety seems almost inevitable. Self care can be described as the active process of making your body and mind pleasant, a pleasant place to inhabit, by filling your own cup first, which ensures you have enough to give others. So today, we're going to talk about nurturance as a reminder: self care is fundamental to intuitive eating and learning to listen to and respond to your body's signals. It's also an important part of coping with different emotions. So nurturance, which is defined as the emotional and physical nourishment given to someone, is a big part of self-care. So for you, this might conjure up some memories of the last time you nurtured your child or a loved one, a parent, a friend, a pet. Uh, But what about the last time you were nurturing to yourself? Self-nurturance may look like some of the following things, going to the spa and getting your nails done or getting a massage, taking a walk outside in nature, sitting with a pet and cuddling, meditating, taking a long bath, sitting somewhere comfortable and bright and listening to good music, writing a story or a poem, talking with a counselor or a good friend or... Any other way to look at self-nurture, another way to look at self-nurturance might be just being kind to yourself and using positive self-talk that's compassionate and gentle and not critical or judgmental. So similar to the way that we would talk to others, to friends, to you know, talking that same way to ourselves, our inner dialogue. So today we will discuss what we do for self-nurturance and where there may be room for more hopefully will inspire you to, um, to be reminded that while nurturing others is definitely important, you're better at nurturing others um, if you're good at nurturing yourself first. So just kind of like the metaphor of, you know, putting your, your oxygen mask on in the airplane before you put the oxygen mask on your children. It's the same when it comes to nurturance and really self-care in general. Okay, so Nicole, growing up, Do you remember your parents taking the time to nurture themselves?
1: (laughs) No, I wouldn't say (laughs) that they were great role models in this way. My mom certainly went through um, seasons and periods of my childhood where she would take the time to exercise um, various things. But I, I will say what they did do well was kind of honoring their hobbies or Acti- just kind of act- social engagements, I guess you could say. Um, hobbies more for my dad, social stuff more for my mom. I would say that in general, growing up, my family was minimalistic in a good way, uh, really honoring the family time and not over committing to things. It was probably when I started playing competitive hockey that our lives started to go a little wonky. Um, my mom gives me that feedback now that we just need to get better about reducing some of the noise on a day-to-day basis. And I, I do completely agree. Uh, this most recent season has been a little bit chaotic. Um, but when I think about spa, candles, books, walks, my parents were not participating in those things when I was growing up. My mom was very... Uh, she prioritized her girls' night out. She's had a very strong core group of girlfriends and that is those were her people as well as I would add to that their church family. They have been connected to the same church for my entire life, and I'm going to be 37. Uh, They've always gone there, and even prior to me coming along. And then my dad, a little bit different of a spin here, but he's always had an interest and passion in cars, and he raced a stock car, a 60. I have on here 67, but it's a 68 Corvette. He no longer has that car, but he still has a, I think it's a 1934 Model A. Anyway, he is a total gearhead. And I think to him, you know, when I was growing up, exiting himself to the garage to just play uh <laughs> was definitely his unwind time. My mom was, she was the primary caregiver just based on work schedules and all of that. She lived or worked close to home. So yeah, I would say other than girls and a little bit of girl time and a little bit of exercise and maybe her church family, my mom was not super good about honoring that um, in the traditional ways. And my dad, it was a little bit more involved in, in hobby type stuff. I don't know. Oh, and every year I can't I can't forget this. we would our va- family vacation would be going to Great America in Wisconsin. And if you know anything about cars, it is kind of a big deal. Uh, but we would quote vacation there, i.e., roast <laughs> on a blacktop for an, a long <laughs> weekend, and generally leave completely stinky, sunburned, and pissed off at each other. That was like our <laughs> my dad's idea of fun. But we we honored that for him.
0: <laughs> so your dad was Tim, the Toolman Taylor. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly.
1: He,
0: I just envision because I still watch that show time sometimes because it's always on TV for some reason. Well, it's a good show. I think it's hilarious. It's a good show. <laughs> um, but he's always exiting to the garage to play with his car, and I don't <laughs> know when you were talking, telling that story. That's what I was
1: thinking about. So, yeah, absolutely. What about you growing up? Yeah,
0: just similar to your parents. My parents did not, that I recall, do a lot of spa days or candles books etc I don't remember any of either of my parents they would always read the newspaper together which I guess counts that's that's relaxing but you know they never really took time for themselves that I can remember just to relax I don't know but I'm sure they did I just don't have a memory of that Mm -hmm. I think their nurturance was really in the form of things like going for long bike rides together they still do this not together because they're divorced but they still go on long bike rides. They're big bikers, but they would do like 20 to 30 mile bike rides through Ohio. And they even bring me sometimes because we had a friend who had a, a, a nice tandem bike. So, of course, um, I would ride on the back and barely push so much fun. And then we would ride to a cool restaurant um, that was, you know, sort of like a der Dutchman type restaurant for delicious cinnamon rolls and pancakes and deliciousness and then ride back. So anyway, that was nurturance for sure. Uh, I, I would say my mom also always knew how to make rooms relaxing and how to just create more peaceful spaces. And I think she's still really good at that. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that about her. My mom is also really big on hugs and has always been. And I think that's how she stays nurtured herself by, ask, by, by asking for a lot of hugs. I know that her, I would think that her love language is physical touch which might be why they didn't really last my parents, because she's just a big hugger. I'm more like my dad. I'm not into hugs, but I do appreciate that my mom is. And I try to remind myself that this is how she stays nurtured by, Mm -hmm. by giving hugs and receiving hugs. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I try to, you know, respond by giving her a nice big old hug back and, and not, you know, tensing up like I used to as probably a kid. Um, I've talked about it with my mom before, but while she knows that what she wants and needs for nurturance that she's very good about, you know, saying no and taking time for herself, her self-talk and I think even from when I was a little kid, I've I've noticed this, it's often negative and non-compassionate or forgiving. So in that regard, she has some work to do. She's great at giving others positive self-talk but needs to work on her own. So um, I think this is true with so many people these days. Not just my mom. I'm not just you know putting her out there and calling her out because I just just from conversations I've had, it's just an area that we really all need to work on. Uh, and it's really also the first step in being an intuitive eater. That first principle is a lot about self compassion and and positive self talk. So yeah, and I talk more about my mom because I don't know. I just my dad. He's just so different. I don't think about self nurturance when I think about my dad. <laughs> His his form of self-nurturance as a child, I I can just remember him going downstairs and watching, you know, baseball or horse races, which, you know, that counts with a beer in his hand. (laughs) (laughs) He still does that very much. Okay. So who in your life is a great
1: self-nurturer, Nicole? You, Gina. I think of you first. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Wow. Thanks.
1: (laughs) Okay. You honor that. Yeah, I... I wouldn't say my life is riddled with people who are struggling to, I, we all struggle, right? At, at certain times. But when I was reflecting on this question, a few things came to mind. And one is that me and my most immediate circle here, we we live in a fairly affluent area, um, middle, upper class um, for the most part. So taking financial concerns out of it, that's a huge barrier when we're talking about I mean that's just a stressor. If if you are living paycheck to paycheck and I mean nurturance is is harder to come by, I would have to say. Wouldn't you agree?
0: I do agree. If if you think of nurturance as like I said going to the spa uh, and getting a yeah. massage or going on a vacation. Mm-hmm. But there's other ways to nurture. But like what you said, if you're living paycheck to paycheck and that's causing you stress,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it might be harder for you to find time to be nurtured. But at the same time, you have to look at it at the opposite way. You need to be nurtured in order to reduce your stress. You know, so it's mm-hmm. kind of, but yeah, I do know what you're saying.
1: Unfortunately, um, I guess a lot when I think of what's most relaxing to me, they are not the they are the more extravagant things in life. Whether that's being on a boat or at a pool or at the spa, uh, taking a yoga class, those are playing tennis. Those are all things that cost money. Going out to eat, even my book club. If the library doesn't have the book, I've got to buy the book. Then I'm paying for dinner. Yes. It just adds up. And so, mm-hmm. I think that is just one consideration. I think the other thing is time. I will say that I have just envy of those in my life who have a bit more flexibility, in or perhaps are stay-at-home moms or have some type of a hybrid, you know, situation with daycare and stay-at-home. And I, I just, I really, I, I do wish it at many times in my life that I had more of that. That's a completely different type of work, and I'm not dismissing it at all. Uh, but sometimes, just the daily grind of like getting up and doing this and doing that. And I think mm-hmm. for me. That said, so what is it for me that may look like taking an hour of PTO so I can just not set an alarm in the morning and get ready at my own pace, things like that. So I mean, I would say I'm a fairly good self-nurturer in this way, uh, but I think a lot of people in my life are are pretty good. Um, I don't know. That's, I can't name any, I don't know.
0: (laughs) No, it's, I think that's good. I'm just, I'm reminiscing of the time where at the time it was super stressful when I had a baby, when I was on maternity leave. But I do remember loving, even though I was up at 3 a.m., 2 a.m., 1 a.m., whatever, I still didn't have anywhere to be the next morning, you know? And it was, I have to say, kind of nice. You know, I would wake up, feed the baby, maybe put the baby back down, maybe take a nap myself. Not usually, but I didn't have anywhere I had to be. I had no responsibilities other than to really just keep that child alive, which is a big one, but I didn't have to get dressed, take a shower. I could literally just sit around and do nothing all day. So while at the time I was super stressed out looking back, I'm like, hmm, that was nice.
1: Well, and I think one of the things that I talk about with my friends and is the mental load of parenting and the fact that you're never it's never done like there's never like a period next paragraph like this it's yeah. just parenting is like one big run on sentence and i think when you add at least i feel this way my work is always swirling in the back of my brain could be doing this got to be doing that like and that's probably partly a leadership role that's that's partly just who i am um but not feeling like a a period like closure, you know, next chapter at work ever is is mm-hmm. challenging. And I think you and I also things like starting a business or podcasting or blogging, like that's all background noise. So I think for me, self-nurturance is probably lessening that as well. So I, I think that people in my life who do less is a form of self-nurturance. Do you think I do less? <laughs> I think you're good at saying no, I mean, we talked about it on a recent podcast about like all the end of the year school stuff. And you're like, we're not, we're just not going to that. No, yes, like, yes, it's
0: true. People always say to me, Gina, how do you do it all? And I think, I don't even think I'm, I, yes, I do a lot. But at the same time, I do know how to say no. So I do the things that I'm really passionate about, but I never feel bad or guilty about saying no to other things. So I mean, that, that is true. And so I think when people say, how do you do it all? I'm like, well, that's how I do it. I really prioritize and I think I learned this from my mom going back to what I was saying about her. I mean, she's really good about saying no and prioritizing things that will make her happy. Mm -hmm. I used to call it selfish, but I just think it's smart. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. Was that all you had to say about people in your life? Yeah. I, yeah,
1: I need, I got, I I need some better nurturers and to glean, uh, in my life and and to glean what I can from others as well, or just pay better attention from others.
0: Yeah. So a couple of people that I work with are really great nurturers, I would say. And I and I do think I agree with you. I think I'm a pretty good nurturer and we'll talk about that in a couple of questions, but I definitely have I have room for improvement, of course. Um I have a coworker who's always doing something to nurture herself. She set up now she is, I will say <clears throat> single with zero kids, so I will put that into perspective here. Um, she set up a relaxation area in her home and outside on her patio to have a place to kind of just sit and relax in the winter and the summer, which I just think is so great. And she uses it regularly and takes advantage of also free yoga classes and meditation courses. And these are all things I realize she has more time to do as someone who doesn't have any children, but you know, I, it doesn't mean that we can't do it. I think, and I hear these things and I think that's great that she's doing these things and it's kind of motivating me to take advantage of them as well. Uh, She goes to events such as plays. She went to a play all alone, which I think is so great. You know, some people would be embarrassed to do that, but I think that's a, she, you know, enjoys plays and no one wanted to necessarily go with her and why not go by yourself? She loved it. And I think that was just, I think that's great. She's always looking for new things to learn and to keep her brain nurtured. So I just really respect her for that. I have another coworker who's always looking for new things to do around Columbus and Ohio to nurture herself. And I And I always get ideas from her. She's been telling me about this new yoga studio that's very well-priced. So not free, but just a really well-priced yoga studio that she's been going to, which I've got on my list to try out. Uh, She's also been telling me about other new things such as flotation therapy at a local university here. That's a pretty good price that sounds unique and interesting. If you've heard about it, you're essentially in this float tank. And its I think it's just really... salty water and so you float kind of like the Dead Sea. Uh and I guess that's supposed to be good for relaxation and a lot of other things. And so I'm gonna try that out for sure. And then also she gave me this idea of renting saunas at Hawking Hills, which is about an hour and a half, I think I want to say north of Columbus. I should know that. I go there all the time. But I never drive. I think it's north. Um and they have saunas that you can that you can rent. And I just I looked that up and just think that and, and a fairly well price, good price as well, fairly well priced. And but again, you know, does take money. My my idea of you know a decent price might be different than others. And I and I'm, you know, I will admit to that. But still, you know, even just going to Hawking Hills, you don't need to get the sauna. Or although I, I did actually just recently learn that it's actually not pronounced sauna. It's sauna. Did you know that? No. Yes. It's it an set for me. I know. I I don't like that's why I still say sauna. <gasps> so, yes, those are some good self nurtures. other than my mom, who, you know, has some, like I said, uh, has some uh, areas that she could still improve. But I think overall, I, I learned a lot of my at least, you know, importance of saying no and when to say no from her. So I appreciate that. All right. So, Nicole, what do you do for self nurturance? And let's talk about the things that cost money and those that are free, of course, as well, to kind of go back to what you were saying before. Oh. <sighs>
1: Life's greatest mm-hmm. things are free, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I am realizing this and I've said it on the show at some point, but I will just echo it here today that I am a person of balance and I understand that some people can just go hard, 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 and then relax. And just, it's it seems like an extreme on both ends, uh, but in these like extended chunks of time, I am this person that shows self-nurturance on a daily basis, I would say in very small ways. Um like lately that has been walking on my lunch break. I'm very committed to that. Um or something exercise related on my lunch break. Um exercise in general is probably number 1, but just on a day-to-day basis, I can't go a day without some type of recharge, like putting on my oxygen mask and that is probably most often exercise and or reading before bed, like one of those two things. If I can get both, great. Uh, but spa, nails, that just doesn't happen as as often as I would like. And quite frankly, it's like by the time I schedule the appointment and make it there and I'm probably running late and I had to sideline something else to be, it's not actually relaxing once I'm there. <laughs> so I find sometimes that I'm spending, like I, I recently debated, do I even want to get my hair colored anymore? like one of my friends is like, you have blonde hair, like the color that people want. Of course, I want my hair darker and I can't seem to achieve that. Um, But she's like, why do you pay for this? And I'm like, I don't know. And I hate going. It just takes time. It's so expensive. I'm like, is that self-care not to get my hair done? I think it is. I don't know. I'm batting that one around right now uh, well it's the,
0: the self-care isn't getting your hair done it's the relaxation it's just being away from all your sea of to-dos and relaxing in a chair and talking to someone who's doing your hair the self-care part isn't the getting your hair done you know you can still do that without getting your hair done do you know what I mean
1: yeah so in that case I don't think that getting my hair done is self-care yeah, I <laughs> it's agree. not relaxing to saying. me yeah um I don't know in addition to those things i will say that adding cuddling with my kids on the couch while they watch tv at night one of they they like tv at night our tv is allowed to go on after 7:15 which is kind of now 7:30 cuz their bedtime's getting later and whenever their consequence for the day if they made a bad choice is to take away tv like i'm sad because then i don't get my cuddle time like Oh, could you just make good choices? Uh, I don't tell them any of that stuff, but I I like to get my physical time with them while I'm reading my Kindle. I I just that's probably the part of my day that I look forward to the most on a day to day basis. So between exercise and books, I would say I personally have a pretty low cost <laughs> nurturance routine. Um, in terms of kind of things that are more lavish, I'm fairly good about getting a massage, usually just like once a quarter, and a pedicure about the same. Maybe in the summertime every. Like two months. Uh, and then I'll make a lunch date with a friend, which is pretty low cost. and, and that maybe just bring your lunch and let's meet at a park or something, usually one to two times a month. Nothing again, extreme. But those are the, the ways that I find that I truly, truly recharge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and show nurturance.
0: Sounds, Add sounds to that. Lovely. what do you what do you do? <laughs> yeah. well, I the first thing that comes to my mind, of course, is the positive self-talk. And that is definitely something that I've been working on for a really long time, especially since I started my intuitive eating journey, which I would say was about five or six years ago, uh, where I used to make a lot of critical statements about the foods that I ate especially or the the way that I looked. I've really turned my internal dialogue into more positive and compassionate dialogue and speak to myself like I would speak to a friend or a loved one. I really just love that reminder. You know, when I find myself, in my mind, saying things that are just not nice. I think, would I say this to my kids or my friends? No. So, isn't it first important to befriend yourself? Yes. So, why would I talk to myself like that? So, that's that's I think the first thing that I I'd say the big thing that I that I've been doing um, at least over the past you know five or six years, really working on that. I'm not saying it's always perfect, but I'm I'm aware of that of of my opportunities that I still have. Otherwise, I would say as far as doing things for myself, I, I think I'm doing well with the resources that I have and the time or lack of like you were kind of mentioning that I have. I Like I said, and like you've said, I've always been really good about saying no and not overcommitting to things. I would say I was even good at that. Like I never really had FOMO. <laughs> and maybe that's just something where I'm lucky because not to say that in high school I I didn't ever, maybe in high school I had more FOMO, but in college I can remember just I don't know. I realized, wow, well, this is it. Like This is where my life really begins. I need to start saying no, if I have to, if I didn't, if I don't make it to a party. Oh, well, I think maybe I had more FOMO in high school when I just didn't care about school as much. But then when things started to get more real, I just, that's, I think that's when I started to, to realize just the importance of saying no. Um, but I really do that. So I have more time to practice self-nurturance and really just relax. And I, like I said, I definitely give my mom credit for that. Um, Let's see. So right now I can always count on a lot of the things that you just said for nurturance each night. I have about 30 minutes, which isn't a lot. Sometimes it's more like 60 minutes, but to myself in bed with a book or a good something on TV uh, and something calming to drink like tea or even just water. I don't care what it is, but just something to drink. And then each morning I've got about 30 minutes of peace and quiet, listening to a book on tape or NPR in the car while I sip on some warm coffee that is a nice time for me. And then each month that I sort of- on your commute? Sorry. Correct. Yes, okay. that's on my commute. So, and it's actually not even really 30 minutes. Sometimes I, I wish that I had a longer commute, but I really don't wish that. It's more like 15 or 20 minutes. It's a pretty short commute. And then each month I sprinkle in as much outdoor activity. And then, so riding bikes, going for long runs, going hiking. Um, Man, I think we do more than that, but I can't think right now. And then spa experiences, meetings with my counselor, or just simple wholesome conversations with friends out to lunch or whatever it is as possible. So yeah, that's where I'm at. What about the need for more self-nurturance? I know we've sort of already alluded to this a little bit in previous questions, but overall, where do you think you could do better at self-nurturance?
1: Oh, I'm glad that you said that about self-care and stuff. I I would say that it's, it sets the tone for nurturance when you're talking to yourself like you would other people i have i have a lot of friends who are pretty pretty deep into diet culture and and just the the mental grind and the trap of that is just so soul-sucking and just whatever the opposite of nurturance is that's what it is and and i see that that cycle I really try and take like a back seat around things like that because I feel like that's a pretty personal thing. And and I think in order to be ready for self-nurturance, so your heart has your heart and your mind have to be ready to make that change and, and to lean in to, to what you're not to where where you wanna go, type of a thing. So I, I tend to just lay low in the background and, and just keep my heart and my mind open to people. Um, but I think that said I have accomplished that as well, where I am. I'm just the positive self talk is definitely there for me in my life, and and loving myself for sure makes self nurturance a, a lot more doable. Do I need more, probably, um, or just need to reduce the background noise of my life so that it's very intentional and um, rewarding when I when I do the mental to dos? Like I said, are just kind of endless and. Uh, even if I were to say draw a bath or try to enjoy a book for an hour. I even said that to Mark last week and I was like, I just want my book for an hour. And then as soon as I did it, like my eyes were fluttering and (laughs) I had a little girl in bed with me. And rather than be like frustrated by that, I just tried to soak it up uh, because it was very recharging to do that. Uh, But yeah, just kind of owning that, like making it a priority to do those quieter recharging type of activities instead of having my my mental just kind of path continue full speed ahead on the shoulds. Uh, should this, should that, laundry, yada, yada, whatever it is, um, and avoid the multitasking. So really to enjoy in that moment what it is that I'm doing and and try... Sometimes the two for one, like the Kindle while I'm I'm cuddling or the walking and reading on my lunch break, those are okay. Uh, but if sometimes it's good to just be in that nurturance state of nurturance. So that it really is that I don't know. I, I think it's just it's a different type of self-nurturance. So I think is being more intentional in, in what I'm doing. Uh, and I will say that yoga has also been very helpful for me. There and I, I know I said this on the podcast at one point too, but I have really kind of, I don't know. It it took me a long time to kind of see what others saw in yoga. Mm-hmm. And what I will say is continuing to find yoga practices that I enjoyed, which is happens to be on Peloton. I love that it doesn't really require any equipment. I can choose whatever length, five minutes, an hour, whatever it is I have time for. But there is just something about coming home from work, doing a little bit of yoga and ending in that Shavasana and just like extending it. And I like pop up and I'm ready to like tackle the evening. Like I just truly lay and it, there is, that is life giving. That is soul filling, whatever that is. Um, and that's something that I want to do more of. Yeah, I'm with you. I, uh, you like yoga in the same way.
0: Well, I, Okay, so I'm just like you and that I prefer a high intense yeah. workout. I'm like, I need the endorphins, yada, yada. But I do think some of that is still riddled with diet culture in the back of my mind, like the way, 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 way back. Like in my sub, 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 subconscious, I think that I, I think of yoga as not enough calorie burn. I, And I'm just now kind of realizing that. I mean, I've come a long way in my relationship with exercise, a long way. And I think actually I am in a really, really good spot. But I still think in my mind, yoga, it's like, It's not necessarily about the calorie burn. It's just, it's just, will I feel accomplished after it? And over the past year or two, I think I have done yoga and realized that it's just different than high intensity workouts, but it does. It feels so good. Even if I do like just a 15, 20 minute. So in the past, I would have to add, I would have to do yoga and then get on the bike. Mm -hmm. Well, if I'm going to do yoga, I have to then get on the bike afterwards. I am not, I'm not there anymore. Like I've, I've, I've given myself permission to just do yoga and be okay with that. And I'm, I'm feeling really good about that place where I am right now. I still just, my issue actually has more to do with money at this point where I pay for, I pay for the Peloton app. I pay for, um, the, uh, orange theory, which is expensive Mm -hmm. I would, I would prefer to go to a yoga studio than do it on the iPad because I do, while I do like yoga on the iPad, I just, I feel like I'm just not in, I'm not as into it as I want to be. Um, but I think I'd get more into it if I was at a studio with other people, but I just, I cannot pay for it yet. But anyway, long story short. I'm getting into yoga and I think I am with you. And it's like, you know, I, I know I'm generally into the high intensity workouts and really, and when I say my sub subconscious, like, I don't know if that's really true. I'm just asking myself, like, I'm just kind of sitting with my feelings. Like, why is it that, what is it that's pushing me away from doing yoga more often? And I'm thinking maybe that's what it is. I don't, I don't know, but I think also maybe it's just the money I need somewhere to good to go. And I've got all these options, but the time too, like the yoga studios around here are kind of far away. And when I say far, they're 15 minutes. For me, that's far. Like if I'm going to wake up in the morning and go somewhere, I don't want to drive 15 minutes and then 15 minutes back. That's the time I just don't have. But anyway, long story short, I am i don't know why I'm going on about this, but I do, I do want to do more yoga. In fact, I have on my list of what I can do for more self-nurturance is I'd like to do some yoga retreats. Maybe that will kind of get me more into it. So there's a lady that I just met a couple months ago who is local and she does yoga retreats. And, and I actually did just do a yoga class with her recently at work and she did a really nice job. I really enjoyed it. And she does these retreats that I just think are, are full day or just part day. I'm actually doing a mini one in June. So I'll let you know how that goes. Uh, but I'd like to do a full day yoga retreat or even just like go somewhere on vacation. And it is a, a full like week of yoga retreat. I mean, doesn't that sound like so much fun? <laughs> Again, yeah, money, money is definitely uh, um, going to be part of that. But, you know, there's many these mini retreats that are here in Columbus. If anyone's interested, they're only thirty five dollars, which I feel like is is, you know, affordable. Um, and so let me know if you want more
1: information about that. I can give you that. Uh, go I ahead. have one question for you. You heard me like <gasps> ready to go. OK, um, yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> I. How old are you, Gina? Thirty nine, eight, nine. Do you feel old lately? Like, does your body just feel different than it did five years ago?
0: Oh, yeah. Like, I never know that if, if my back is going to, like, get stuck when I move in certain ways. Remember, did I ever tell you? Or actually, I think it happened, like, right after you guys left a couple years ago where I just moved in a slight direction. And then it's like I got this, like, kink
1: in my back where my muscle spasm. Oh, my. Yes. Yes. I feel old. <laughs> I just this past week, I'm actually getting a massage tomorrow, which is so funny because I'm going to go in the middle of my workday. I'm completely understaffed, but that is how bad I need it. I am in pain. Like it's not just a want, like it's, I am in pain. And Mark said, yeah, you're getting like your late thirties, like it starts to hurt. And I, so I guess I'm curious with your workouts. It makes me think like, what's my attraction to yoga? And I think it's because I can't go hard every day with my workout anymore. My body is telling me that freaking hurts. Please stop. And so I, I do think hockey is a big part of this, but it, that's just really high intensity and, and just hard on the body. But do you do, do you feel that with your workouts? Like if you do oh, a yeah. couple back-to-back high intensities, like is that you do oh, feel? Oh,
0: absolutely. And here's the thing. I think I felt it even when I was young, but I just ignored it. And I'm so much more in, in tune with my body now. And I don't, and I, and I don't have diet culture, you know, it, it, you know, just knocking at the door constantly saying, no, you got this, you can do this. You, you know, instead I, I listen to my body like this morning, for example, I woke up and I was like, you know, I had a pretty high intensity workout yesterday. I was going to do a five mile run today because I'm trying to train quote unquote for this, this, um, uh, half marathon. And I, and I know it's not until October, but I'm like, I got to start kind of running a little bit longer distances. I woke up and I said, you know what? I just, I I don't need, I don't want to run five miles today. I want to get, I want to get outside and run something, but I ran like two and a half, three miles, which isn't a huge difference, but it was a difference enough where like my body doesn't feel like it's going to collapse right now. Cause I, I listen to my body, but yes, I think I do feel it more. And I don't know if it's because I'm older or if it's just because I'm better at listening to my body's signals or it could be both. And it probably is both.
1: I think if I have diet culture still living in me, it's more in the form of exercise than it is food. Yeah. If I'm being yeah. honest, I, I I mean, you mentioned it too. And my mom mm-hmm. said that to me this week. She's like, okay, do you think you just need to not exercise? And I didn't. Yesterday, Marcos, do you want to go grab a drink while the girls were at ballet? And I was like, I was going to work out. And I was like, yes, yes, I want to grab a drink. It's just yeah. so I love it, um, but yeah, I I think I think I need to show some nurturance when it comes to exercise as well. I think I do a, a good job. I think I could do a better job.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's such a, an important thing to talk about. I, you know, in the in the past, I could never go a day without working out. Um, you know, I, I in the past, I could also never go on vacation without at least working out once. I mean, even just a, like four years ago when we went to when we went to A and D. Now we didn't do anything intense. We did a small little workout in our. In our closet. Oh yeah, I remember. Quite that. literally. Yeah. I mean, even at that point, I was getting better about my relationship with exercise, and I, you know, we were we were there for what, like three days? I don't, two days? I don't remember. But we did a small workout. Yeah, but, but we past, also that sat have, all day. We sat all day, and I think that was part of it. I'm like, you know, I'm not doing this because I I want to, you know, maintain my weight. It's more because we've been sitting all day. I want to move my body. Yeah, correct. Um, but you know, we went to Indianapolis this past weekend, and. You know, past me would have made sure to bring some resistance bands and made sure to get at least a good walk-in, you know, every single day. and And there's nothing wrong with that. And if you do that, it does not mean you are still riddled with diet culture. But you need to kind of ask yourself what your motivation is. For me, that just wasn't going to work out in our in our our day, either of our days. If it did, great. But it didn't. And I didn't do anything stressful to make that fit into my daily routine, those days, you know? So I think there's a difference. You need to kind of ask yourself what your motivation is. Um, so yeah, it didn't work out. You know, it would have been nice to get out and go for a long walk or go go for a long walk or go somewhere that involved you know a lot of movement. Didn't work out in our in our routine or our a daily plan while we were there, and that was okay. Um, even now, it's like I, um, you know, sometimes I I go two days without working out. Sometimes I go one, or, or sometimes I'll wake up and I don't really feel it, and I'll just do like a 15 minute bar workout. And past me would have never been okay with a 15 minute bar workout. I would have had to make sure to then get on the bike for 30 minutes, you know, later on during the day. So, yeah, I don't I don't I said that my in my non-desire for yoga might have to do with diet mentality still. I don't really believe that. I really just think that for me, I always say yoga is too relaxing, but it's just so ironic because yoga is really meant to help you relax. So it's just strange that I say that. That's probably why I
1: need yoga.
0: (laughs) So this is a good conversation. We're talking it all
1: on the pod today, Gina. So
0: So if the question is, do I need more self-nurturance? Of course, I think everyone could do better with self-nurturance. But I think my goal should be to really take the time to get into a good yoga routine. Um, I do yoga now at least for 15 minutes twice a week. But I think I could do more than that. I'm not going to make it like a, you know, I I have to do this by this date. But generally speaking, my intention over the next year or so is going to be to really build up my yoga practice because I need that relaxation. But it's also a great workout. Uh, And I truly believe that. I didn't used to, but I do truly believe it It helps
1: with a lot of parts of your body, especially as we age. (laughs) And a a slow, like, I feel it in the days after.
0: Yeah, it that might not be the intense workout that we're used to, but it doesn't mean it's not helpful, um, in you know, helping us use our our muscles and build our bone strength. There's just so many good benefits about it, and it's also it also can be relaxing and help with that mindfulness and breathing and all that good stuff. Okay, last but not least, do you have any good self-nurturance books you'd like to recommend? No. <laughs> none okay so i've got a lot so i'll make up for your lack of (laughs) self-nurturing recommendations okay so these are some of the books that i've read or that i hope to read um and these are books that sort of um i i've read or i've read or hope to read as a way to kind of show my body emotional or physical nurturance respect and love and that includes my favorite book, "Slowing Down to the Speed of Life," which I didn't put the author in here, and I can't think of it. I'll put the link in the show notes. But I've read it two times now, and it's helped me just be more mindful of living in the moment and not in my head. I constantly look at the future, and I'm like a futuristic person. Um, Richard Carlson. And that's Carlson. what causes anxiety. Thank you, Richard, Richard Carlson. And there's somebody else too. Isn't there? Two, aren't there two authors? But maybe not. Um, but so I guess they always Joseph say that people who... Bailey, yes, sorry. Yes, <laughs> So people who look in the future tend to be more anxious. People who look in the past tend to be more depressed. I've read that somewhere. I don't know if there's any you know scientific validity to that, but I, I for me, that rings true. I'm an anxious person, but because I'm always looking to the future, like, what can I do next, next, next? So slowing down to the speed of life and living in the moment, good book. Practicing mindfulness, a great way to just also improve my practice of living in the moment. I should also add yoga to that. (laughs) Um, And finding peace in the everyday instead of just ruminating on negativity, which I don't ruminate on negativity, but I ruminate on the future. So the Practicing Mindfulness book has been really good for me. Another one, this is so random, but also I just truly love this book. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus. It seriously helped me be a better partner to Nick and more nurturing towards him. In fact, we were in a little tiff the other day and I got the book out (laughs) and started reading it. And it kind kind of brought us together. I would just say... It's an old book. It's an oldie, but a goodie. I just, I gotta say. Self-Compassion by Kristin Neff. I've not read this yet, but I, I think I'm very, I think I'm pretty self-compassionate, but I can always improve. Like I said, everyone can use improvement. Uh, but I wanna read it just so I can have it as a recommendation for people that I meet with. But I think I'm gonna recommend it anyway because I've heard a lot of good things about it. But it's on my bookshelf, ready to read. Of course, I'm gonna throw intuitive eating in there because that's one of the best self-care books you could read. Especially nurturance. Uh, and then Body Kindness by Rebecca Scritchfield, which if anyone is, you know, signs up for one of my wellness programs, they get that book. And they also get the intuitive eating workbook, but body kindness is just a really great book. Just kind of, it's more like a worksheet or workbook journal, just to kind of help improve, well, kindness towards your body and nurturance. This Naked Mind, uh, Finding Free- Freedom from Alcohol by Annie Grace, because drinking less for me has been the most, most nurturing thing I've done for myself in a really long time. So, of course, I'd recommend that book. And that's it. That's my <laughs> ever growing list of self nurturance books. And we're going to talk more about books actually on our next episode, correct? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: Awesome. So, we also have our more listeners, to add. Oh. <laughs> I hope so. You'll probably have you'll probably have way more way actually more. on that episode than I. Yeah. Okay. So we asked our listeners um, about what they do for nurturance, and here is what they or you said. Here is what Lori said. She said, "Read a book, take a jacuzzi bath, get coffee, and browse a bookstore." Love that idea. Uh, walking, hiking, and learning to quilt. Awesome. I. I, I've heard so many good things, not just about quilting, but just knitting in general It's how good that is for your brain and just relaxing. And I think, I think maybe one day I'll take a, a, a knitting course. What do you think? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> you've never been, you've never been like, like, that's never been a desire of yours. No,
1: but I don't know. I like crafts. Just- I think, yeah, crafts in general to me are relaxing and Yes. Yeah. Agreed.
0: Um, Colleen says um she takes long hot showers in the dark and paints her nails. Long hot showers in the dark. I right? love it. I'm so intrigued by that. Yes. I'm gonna have to try that sometime. Maria says she goes for a walk with their dog on beautiful days because the fresh air is nurturing. Could not agree more. Renee said, read color in her coloring book or just sit outside in the sun. I mean, see, so simple. Most of these are free. Free things to do um, and, you know, very self-nurturing. So thanks for, thanks for those. All right. So coming up on June 5th, we will be dishing about summer reads and where we get inspiration. Until then, keep in touch with us on social media at Dietitians Dish Podcast on both Facebook and Instagram and check out all of our episodes and show notes on our website, dietitiansdishpodcast.com. Also, please tell your friends about us. They can find us on numerous outlets such as Overcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Pocket Cast. And if you listen on iTunes, be sure to leave us a review. We promise it only takes a few seconds. All right, everyone. Until next time, be well. And Nicole, talk to you soon.
1: Take care, Tina. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for listening for the
1: podcast. Bye-bye.